0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Friday Views brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. My name is Iman, and I'm joined by someone who hosts one of my favorite rival team podcasts. Can I, can I say that? Jean uh, Carlo, Jean, Gian, what? G, I'm going to call you G. Why did I do that? G's um, fun. Yeah, I was going to say yeah.
1: it was cool. <laughs>
0: name. Um, how are you?
1: I'm doing good, especially good because our Raptors won. Mm. Um, and we beat the Sixers, and the Sixers stink, and we don't like them.
0: This is facts. This is facts. happy. We're okay, so so I, I didn't mention, but you are on the Heat Beat podcast group uh, of lovely individuals. So, you are a Miami Heat fan. We're gonna talk about Kyle Lowry. We had that big game, and also the Sixers were they a threat to being a, a one seed? Were you guys? A little bit but like not really did they have to go perfect it was that what it was did the i Raptors don't think they could have
1: out? gotten it yeah no i, I oh, think okay. that they were just i think that they could have gotten as high boston was the one that they would have to win out and miami mm. would have to lose out and milwaukee was a little on the medium side but no six the philly was never a threat
0: okay cool so we handled that we handled that though that was honestly I'm biased. I feel like after every big win, I'm like, that was my favorite game of the season. <laughs> the Raptors heat triple overtime was probably my favorite game of the season still. But yeah. this was one of the most exciting games. Pascal Siakam is just phenomenal. What he was able to do tonight. I mean, the Raptors winning this game massive because uh, you're one hoping to get into that five spot. Four seed kind of seems... Like it's out of reach just because the, the Philadelphia 76ers play the Pacers and the Pistons next. So like, whatever, you're not going to catch them. But this is a huge game because you could possibly face as Raptors, the Sixers in the first round. And as we saw tonight, without Fred VanVleet, without OG Ananobi to go in there and get a win, especially after the start that the Raptors had. I don't know if you saw it, but the Raptors were 2-17 and to start the game. So I mean, I, I, sorry, I the Raptors were down. They weren't two and seventeen. The Raptors were down two. Yeah. 17
1: no, I I, I was I I had watched I watched most of the game and I, I missed the beginning and I when I kind of tuned in I was like, well, what's going? Cool? What happened?
0: I I mean they hit the Sixers hit absolutely every single three, which is kind of you know. There been a, okay, so let me let me pause and let me take a step back. So Fred VanVleet and OG Anunoby were missing in this game, so you thought the Raptors would not really be able to keep pace with the Sixers' offense at the very least? Foolish, because the Raptors have the best three-point shooter of all time, possibly. <laughs> In Pasha Sachua. Oh, of course, um, yeah. Naturally. <laughs> but, um, but that sort of, it, it seemed like the Raptors were probably not going to be able to keep pace without OG and without Fred Van Vliet there. And on the flip side, the Sixers did not have Matisse Stiebel, who is ineligible to play in Canada, which more than likely means he is unvaccinated.
1: No vax. Right. So Toronto's offense is kind of interesting and so i have here via cleaning the glass oh. in transition they had a 128 offensive uh, for the game they had a 128 offensive rating and in transition it was enormous right their, their transition stuff uh has been good all all year they were 137 points per possession 137 offensive rating in transition and that's kind of what they do oh. with or without fred They have so many big wings that can rebound and push and are physical. And they have a lot of shooting on the floor now. And a lot of guys that anybody can pull up. Anybody can dive to the rim and (laughs) Philadelphia. Iman, they're a slow team without athletes. That's my
0: thing. They were like the Raptors are an excellent, um, you know, team in transition. You just mentioned it. They're an excellent offensive, uh, transition offense. And the Sixers are a slow older team. They are one of the worst defenses in transition in this league and you're also removing a guy like Matisse Seibel which like I said I didn't really know how the Raptors offense would truly thrive now in the games that the Raptors won a large part of that was the transition offense and being able to get stops and run the other way um but tonight for for what I don't even know where I was gonna go with this because I just don't want to lose the thought here my brain is scrambled how does William Lou do these post-game um (laughs) How do you guys do these post game? Um, so my my thought, yeah, I feel like I need drinks here too, like a like a post game over at Heatbeat. But um, my thought really, it's Ramadan. I can't believe I said that. Um, <laughs> no one, no one
1: heard that. My thought
0: keeps going back to so so one of my like kind of ongoing things is that. For, for as great as the Raptors are in transition, Preston Chua, I feel like is an automatic turnover in transition. That's kind of <laughs> been what he is. <laughs> like he just gets ahead of himself. I don't know if he's so excited um, or, or what it is, but it's almost always a turnover. But tonight he had a pull-up three in transition, which I just don't want to lose. I don't want to move past this game because we have so much to talk about and Silky not smooth. mention. Like, did just... you?
1: I saw. Yeah, no. I mean, and he showed flashes that in Miami because he'll like come up the floor and like mid transition and then he'll like do like a little between the legs pull up and you're like, that looked good. That looks like that's legit. That's not a fluke. That's something that this dude is, is doing to people in practice and he just doesn't have, I guess it's different against like NBA players and NBA speed, but he has a touch. He has the shot. It's just, and kind of like, I think your point about the transition, I think skilled big men in general, mm. when they young skilled big men, want to do so much in transition They're like, I could pass, I could shoot, I can run the floor and like four or five of these things I shouldn't be doing, but I can do it. And I think guys like well, young guys like that, bam used to do it too. You just get caught up in the moment.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I think that's entirely what it is. Um, But we're seeing him pick his spots. I mean, that, that was not something that I was totally prepared for. I've been on my precious with is a great like three point. We've, we've noticed. <laughs> I like I love pressure to do but he can do everything and sometimes he he gets to trying to do everything at one time and it doesn't work but uh, the Sixers are a particularly bad matchup for the Raptors and I think we see why uh forgetting the fact that Matisse Thybul who is their best perimeter defender is going to be out and we saw what Pascal Siakam was able to do tonight to just not have anybody there Gary Trent Jr also who um, Matisse would probably see most of his time on was just lighting up the the Sixers I like he finished with 30 points and I didn't even like Like, everything was money from him, but it didn't feel like he was dominating the game. He just kind of fell into it, it felt like, just because...
1: I have a... I have a question yeah. for you. Why, why do you think Philadelphia is a bad matchup for them? Because I, I actually like that matchup for Toronto a lot.
0: Oh, no, no. Like, it's a bad matchup for Philadelphia.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay good. Because I, I was like, whoa, whoa no, no, why is no. he on? What are we talking no. about?
0: I, I, I think, I, you know what? Initially, to start the year, if you gave me the Philadelphia 76ers, I would have been like, the Raptors just don't have uh, a big. Like, they can't really guard a guy like Joel Embiid, but they've really shown. um, what, With Nick Nurse's schemes, and, and there was a tweet that came out today. I wish I I wish I, um could, could pull it up here. But what the Raptors do to just prevent Joel from even getting the ball. Like it's insane how low his usage rate is against a team like the Raptors. And you know what? We're going to see nights where, especially without Matisse Ibel, where you're going to get other guys that just go off part of, you know, having a guy like Matisse play for the Sixers means you have a guy that you can help off of on the defensive end because he's not really a threat. Um, And and we saw that they can't really do that against Danny Green, who hit six threes tonight. They can't really do that against, obviously, you don't want to do that against Tyrese Max. You don't really want to do that against Tobias Harris as well. So, so that, Pulse is a bit of a problem, but I'm not even worried for it at all because Raptors get most of their offense in transition. The Sixers are just such a slow team to get back. And if you don't have Matisse for most of your games, I just don't know how you're gonna stop the Raptors.
1: And they force a ton of turnovers. And Embiid had five tonight, yeah. which I think that's that was the script on him last year. It's like, all right, you know, front, swarm, recover, force, force it to be a passer, you know, turnover. A lot of teams haven't been in Miami did it a lot and and they were unsuccessful this year in Toronto. They have so much more length. Those passing lanes are hell, you know. With all, the, there's just a lot of arms. And not that I've never said that they're better without Freddie, because Freddie is a drop killer, and we know, I know we know how much I love Freddie. But with Freddie off, you have a little bit more size, you have a little bit more length, you have a little bit more arm, and some of those passes get real tricky when that help. You know, it's one thing when the help is Fred. Another thing when the help is you know Scotty or or, yeah. or Gary Trent or whatever. So, and that gets them in transition, that juices their offense, and that gets them into what they want to do.
0: Speaking of the length, I just want to pull this up because I looked at the starting lineup and I was just like, what are the Raptors doing? They started Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., Kem Birch, Scotty Barnes at the one, and Presta Chua there.
1: Nicholas, Nicholas. Heat legend Kem Birch, by the way.
0: (laughs) So many heat legends on the Raptors. Heat (laughs) legend
1: Kem Birch to you, by the way. Three heat legends on your team this year. That's a lot of culture. (laughs)
0: I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so yeah, so I, I just, I'm, I'm really excited for the potential of a four five matchup with the Sixers and the Raptors, regardless of whether Matisse Tybalt can play or not. I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, just some other things that happened in this game, Danny Green, finally, finally got a championship ring.
1: Fine. Uh, this has been that long.
0: Can I, can I just go through some of the things that have happened since Danny Green Please. has gotten a championship ring? All right. So, um, United Kingdom was still a part of the European Union. <laughs> Interesting.
1: That was that was a long time ago.
0: It's a long time ago. Uh, Jennifer Lopez and A-Rod were engaged. So this is pre pre the reunion of Benifer. Um by the May-
1: way, A a-Rod called, A-Rod has been making the rounds because he called Kendall the hood. Kendall's the neighborhood where I grew up in Miami. I would like to set the record straight. I did not grow up in the hood. I grew <laughs> up in a fucking suburb. It's just, a little, it, we we're just a bunch of Colombians that uh, live there. And A-Rod just called us the hood. Just throwing that out there. I just, I want to set the record straight on a big platform that is international. Kendall is not the hood. It's All not. Right. Continue. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to, that was no, important. No
0: worries. Okay, so Game of Thrones still kind of on the air i mean the season finale was that was during that playoff run um I <laughs> so, was, they
1: had an episode the night of the shot
0: they did yeah yeah that was the finale that was yeah. that was the finale there um we didn't know who joe exotic or carol baskin was who we do we still not know
1: i don't know who that is or who are they should i know
0: Netflix, one of the biggest. Know. No, okay, we'll 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 pass it. Um, we hadn't. We didn't know what Firefest was back then. I mean, it had uh, that long happened. No, Firefest happened in twenty eighteen, but the documentary didn't come out until twenty nineteen.
1: No way, that feels like forever ago.
0: Uh, it was TikTok was not really a thing that people did. It was a Kesha song as opposed to a social media app that was popping. TikTok has existed since twenty seventeen, but not really popular until twenty twenty. Um, America's had an election since that championship run, Canada has had an election since then, Kyrie was still a Celtic, Zion and Jaw were still in college, Carmelo Anthony was a Houston Rocket and so was Chris Paul. It has been a very, very, very long time. Danny Green has gone on to win another championship since then, get the ring. The the Lakers, (laughs) do you not remember remember. that? Oh, Keith fans, I forgot. That went right above. Um, So so all of that has happened and so much more. I mean, we had a royal baby. We've had so many things that have happened since Danny Green won his championship. And finally, finally today, almost at the tail end of the 2020 season, three years later, he is getting his championship ring. So happy! I,
1: I love Danny for that run. And I, for those who don't know, I, I Raptors are like my second team. I love them. You're first, your
0: first team. Let's. They're not kind of. Yeah, people. they're like
1: my one point five. I'm not gonna lie. There was a moment in my life where I cared more about Raptor games than Heat games. he Heat stunk, and the Raptors. I love. They rekindled my love for basketball. But
0: I mean, him, who is going to pick Dion Waiters over kyle Lowry?
1: Not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> Danny was great that run Danny was so important as a just a not even as a shooter but just as an off ball screener and just a a defender so much stuff that he did to help Kyle and and Freddie spring free and and I mean just I know that you guys don't say lifer he's a lifer to me
0: I mean you won the championship you might as well. You're, you're a lifer. He he. His name will forever be hanging on a banner at the Scotiabank Arena. So so that has been all the things since Dan Green has won a championship ring. It is wild. Um, but I'm so glad that he finally was able to get it and he was able to get it with fans in the arena. Um, and let's did they move just wait
1: it for fans? Was that what happened? Did they just want there to be fans?
0: Yeah. So there was Tampa for one year. Yes. And then it was fans in the re- arena at the beginning of the season.
1: And then I know that, okay, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's, he's, and then I, I believe there might've been some time where he, did they play people.
1: the Sixers in the seeding games in the bubble? Did they not play or no, he was with the Lakers? Did they not play the Lakers in the regular season in 2020? I guess not. Right. They would have had to play a they seeding played,
0: game. They played the Lakers in the bubble.
1: In the regular season. That would make sense. Yeah.
0: And then I think in the regular season, it was in LA.
1: Yeah. And I remember because Pascal dropped Anthony Davis and I'll never forget that. And they won without Kyle. No. And then, the Kyle, and then, yeah.
0: Kyle had like a 40-point game or something in the bubble. Like, it was crazy. One of yeah. his best games of that season happened in the bubble against Lakers. Um, same way with, with Pascal Siakam, who was absolutely phenomenal today. I just can't – my brain can't wrap around the idea. We'll get into it a little bit because I know that there's some beef between Heat fans and Raptor fans over that, you know, third-team forward slot. But let's move forward to the Eastern Conference standings because today kind of – shapes it a little bit we have some some more information i think yesterday was also a very big day um the heat we we feel confident that they're going to finish with the one seed now
1: they clinch officially
0: oh they did okay i wasn't sure so okay so they've officially clinched as the one seed We'll get into what that kind of means because I, I know that you had a tweet about it. I think it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I'm also kind of... No, it wasn't. You no, know, <laughs> it wasn't at all. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. Uh, so, so the Bucks right now uh, are tied with the Celtics for uh, and, and they have tiebreakers. So they're currently the second seed. Celtics are the third seed. Sixers are the fourth seed. Raptors, the fifth seed. Bulls, the sixth and we'll, we'll forget about the rest of them. I don't know if anybody can remember all of that, but that's kind of how I think things are sort of shaking out. I, I feel like all of that has kind of been worked through by this point of the season. I'd be surprised to see much shake up, especially with the Raptors having two games up now on the bulls. It's going to be really hard for the bulls to catch up. The Raptors would have to lose out and the bulls would have to win out. Um, The same with the Sixers, same with the Raptors catching the Sixers, the Sixers would have to lose out and the Raptors would have to win out and the possibility that that happens considering who these teams play just feels a little bit low. So it looks like we have our final seeding and for the Raptors, we'll get into that next week. But I did want to talk about the heat because the plan is what's still up in the air and will be up in the air until April 15th, according to the NBA. What are your thoughts on that?
1: A, it's absolutely ridiculous. Listen, I'm, I'm going to talk first for the coaching staff, and then I'm going to complain mm. about me personally. Mm. It's absolutely absurd that you win your conference and you do everything right. You earn the one seed, which is a, which is a reward. For, because in the NBA, oftentimes... You know, teams don't take the regular season seriously, and everyone laments as, oh, this is bad for the game. The regular season matters, blah, blah, blah. That's what everybody tries to parrot on television. And then you make the one seed not know their opponent. They, it, the playoffs starts Saturday, and if you're the one seed, you're a marquee game, so you're probably playing Sunday at 1. So let's say the Heat draw the Nets. That's a 1 p.m. game on a Sunday. Coaching staff has whatever that time that game ends, 10.30 on a Friday night. I mean, I'm sure that they're going to prepare for two possibilities, but that's just not fair. That you give a you have to split a coaching staff's attention, and then you get you know well, congratulations. You get a little prep time, and Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Good luck, guys. Um, as a content creator, Adam Silver has uh, what the hell, man? We how are we supposed to do a playoff preview podcast? Are we supposed to record two uh, just in case? We're to drop the it on Friday. Double Who listen to a podcast on a Friday? You know what I mean. We always drop Thursdays and Tuesdays when people listen.
0: Welcome to Friday Views.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, Adam Silver doesn't care about us, and frankly, you know what? He should. We're the backbone of his league.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, honestly, I, I'm not. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. You do get double the content, but it's true. So I, I completely agree with you. I think it's unfair that the Heat and you know. The Bucs and also you know the teams in the Western Conference are not going to know that the Suns and the um the Grizz no, the are Bucks not gonna are going to know. know
1: the Bucks as the two seed are going to know before Miami. Does not fair. Oh, that's
0: true. Oh, that's the, the
1: part that's annoying. Seed. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's only I'm...
1: the one seat, so it's like the two seeds get to know and have more prep time. It's like what what are we doing?
0: <laughs> that is very yeah. I didn't even consider that. So I mean, they would get to know a day before a day before because yes or two days before there's the first get, the seven and eight happen first i think seven and eight is the first is the first game
1: the last playing game is between the two losers of the two other ones and then that happens
0: yeah on Friday. that's true yep that's true that makes sense okay why
1: why don't um, they just do them tuesday wednesday or tuesday thursday Why why are we giving these teams rest you're not even supposed to be here
0: <laughs> nobody asked for this I'm not mad at that. See, I was going to ask sort of because I was going through it. I kind of get there, but I'm I'm with you. Maybe they just don't give them the rest. Like, who cares? You weren't supposed to be in the spot anyway. Oh, well, you have to play it on a back to back. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that because it truly is unfair. It doesn't quite make sense that the Heat won't know who their opponent is, but everybody else knows that does seem like a bit of a. Oh nah, yeah. That's unfair. It's but Who not. would you, who would you like for it to be? Let's let's, let's pivot the oh, conversation towards. I want
1: Charlotte, baby. Give me, give me, give me little Charlotte, you know, bad defense Hornets give me James Borrego and his funny haircut, you know, all that just give <laughs> and it to it,
0: me. And then, um, okay. So if you can rank it, if you can rank the possible eight seeds, Charlotte is number one. We've got then, the Hawks, the Cavs, or the Nets.
1: Probably Atlanta than Cleveland just because, I mean, I, if Cleveland's going to have health issues, I'd rather play Cleveland.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, because I mean, I, I mean, I don't really think either of those teams would win, but like Trey Young could probably like win a game or, or two and, you know, you don't want that. So, you know, but I mean, I think Miami would, I'm comfortable with either of those. And then Brooklyn, although you I'm, I'm not scared of Brooklyn. Cause
0: Brooklyn I wanted went out to get to that point. Are you scared of
1: Brooklyn? Why is anybody scared of a team that in a must win game was down like 25 to the Knicks? Why are we scared of them? I don't understand.
0: Their elite defense limited the Knicks to 31 points in the second half. I was honestly looking at that fourth quarter, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the Knicks, like 16 to 38 in the fourth? And I was like, wait, that wasn't even their worst quarter? (laughs) (laughs) What? like against the nets like against the team like the the nets who i mean we were talking about the sixers defense right now i mean (laughs) without matisse they're still better than the nets um so g league
1: portland team i they played a portland team without any nba players and they couldn't stop the damn blade that bad blazer team i'm like what are we what are we really doing
0: because a lot of people have been pointing to you know the the heat's half court offense is possibly a reason why they can stumble in the playoffs and, and some of their holes. I mean, I can't think of a better team to go up against than the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and the heat are when they're locked in. I mean, what defense wouldn't be like, that's one of the scariest. Um, so, so the Nets, you're not scared of, is there a little part of you that's like kind of intimidated by the idea of going up against Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in a playoff series?
1: I don't really care about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving doesn't factor into my calculus at all. Okay. I think he's one of the most overrated players I've ever heard anybody talk about in my life. Iman, I remember when Love he it. was a Celtic, and I was like, Kyle Lowry's better than this guy, That's... and everyone's like, no. And I'm like, I, I don't, thing. I don't understand. Other than looking cool while dribbling, he does better than Kyle Lowry. See. But-
0: you hit it, right? So that has been my my entire thing about the Kembas and the Kairis. It's that they're flashy. They're fun to watch. I will give you that. He is like one of the most aesthetically pleasing players to me in the NBA is watching Kyrie. His handle is just so like, he's just, he's slippery. He's like silky. His handle is just, uh, I mean, it's a delight to watch body control, The bot, like everything about his game. Like he's just so slippery. And he's a smart player
1: too. Like, I don't want to take that away from him. Like he manipulates defenses very well.
0: But like let's not discredit what Kyle Lowry did because nothing of like his game is just not as aesthetically pleasing as some of those other guards. But you know what? We'll 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 move on from that because we'll we'll probably talk about Kyle Lowry in just a little bit. So I did want to get to that. You're not scared of Kyrie Irving, most overrated player. Love that from you. But Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant terrifies you just a bit.
1: He's good, but I think if anybody in the league has a defense that can defend Brooklyn it's Miami because they literally can switch one through five. They can put, I mean, Jimmy can guard, Jimmy, PJ, bam can all take turns on Durant. They can put any of those guys on any screener. And if Brooklyn wants to get cute and start using guard screens, they can move Jimmy to a guard spot. They can play Oladipo who can, I mean, not that Oladipo would guard Durant, but Oladipo would put up more resistance than I think most guards would. You can put Kyle on any guard that they screen. So really you just have a variety of guys you can switch on to Durant. They, they don't have Brooklyn doesn't have enough shooting, which is kind of funny to say because they were kind of constructed as shooters, but they play they Steve Nash has to and Zach Low cost tackles this constantly. They have to like manage how to play defense and shooters at the same time because they their shooters don't play defense and their defenders don't shoot. So Miami's defense right is just Miami's predicated.
0: Heart.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh Miami doesn't Miami helps off corners. Their principles are we are going to help off cornermen and we're going to have those rotations. And those cornermen men don't, don't, scare anybody. Right. So if Miami can rotate very freely, they can force more turnovers, which juices their offense. That one game in Miami, that was when they were at their absolute lowest point in absolute flux. And they've course corrected, but every other matchup against Brooklyn, even without Jimmy, yeah. Miami, Miami just has absolutely torn them apart. So I don't know. It just doesn't concern me too bad.
0: And, and that's completely fair. Now I, um, I watched a lot of of Heat games early on in the season. I think it's time has kind of gone on because it was it was fun. It was Kyle Lowry and your bench guys. It like the the offense was flowing and it was beautiful. It was my favorite brand of basketball, which is let Kyle Lowry play with four guys. Um but but a game that I saw recently of course was the Heat game against the the Raptors where Kyle Lowry returned and I was pleasantly surprised by Victor Oladipo. I did not recognize that he would be that much of a pain in my side for an entire game. What have you thought about Oladipo as uh, return? That's not who he
1: is. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't so, who he was. That w- that was uh, that was one of those we take those kind of nights. And I was watching, you know, because when I watch Heat Raptor games, I watch from like both perspectives, and I'm like, man, the Raptor, fan, the Raptor in me is like, bro, that's so annoying. That guy can't shoot, and the Heat fan is me is like, got away with one, didn't we, boys? Um, <laughs> He's not that guy. He, it's funny because people are like, "Oh, he doesn't look right after the surgery." He has bursts, and to me, that he just can't finish. I don't know if the finishing is part of like the post-op stuff, but I mean, he has the quickness, and he's the most quick guy in the hat. Like, just really, like they don't have athleticism. And Caleb Martin was their athletic guy, and he has a a messed up Achilles and his knees bad, and he's just been banged up pretty much since around All Star break, which has been sad because he's was really the only spring that they had. And Depot is, I mean, probably other than Bam, the only guy who can dunk in the half court. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So I don't really see him playing too much. I think that Gabe Vincent's just better than him at this point. And I think there are going to be times, and maybe it's against Brooklyn, and maybe it's a series where they need a little bit downhill juice or a little bit more defense um, that they play him. But I just don't see him making too big of an impact same with Markeef. I just think those guys are going to be more situational pieces than actual like cornerstones of their rotation.
0: Okay. Very fair. Very fair. Cause I, I mean, that's kind of the one thing that I thought that the, the heat needed was you know, a guard who can get in. Um, and, and I was just like, Oh, they have like, they have a Depot and he legitimately looks good. Like, Maybe this is going to work, but, um, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, So I did want to sort of pivot one more time. So Raptor fans here, I mean, as as an honorary Raptor fan, as a fellow Raptor fan, and also something I've noticed, Heat fans and Raptor fans have very similar temperaments. Yes. Um, It's almost an identical fan base in in how Heat fans and Raptor fans often feel overlooked um, and underappreciated. Um, and all those different things. But one thing that Raptor fans do love is is appreciation from other fan bases. So we're going to talk to G, the Heat fan, not G, the Raptor fan. And I want to ask you, what were your preseason expectations of the Toronto Raptors team?
1: So glad you asked because I felt alone saying six or five. That season last year was fake. The Raptors are one of the best, historically, one of the best home teams in the league. Right. And you could chalk that up to going through TSA at two in the morning sucks and you never whatever it is what it is there. I mean, Denver plays in a million altitude. Right. So what everybody has their thing. Miami has South Beach flu. They have a they're a really good home court team. And they did not have that last year. And they basically played all road games or like kind of road games. Right. These guys were unhappy. They were away from their families. And a lot of these guys, you know, are family people. You know, uh, a lot and not, not just like the players, but like the the coaching staff and everybody in the organization. So, how could you expect to displace this team again? In a honestly, Tampa sucks in a crappy city, you know, in an awful city, and it's hot and it's swampy, it sucks, there's nothing to do, and expect them to perform under weird circumstances on top of COVID injuries, weird stuff dealing with will we, won't we, with Kyle and. How could you expect any team to be good? So I said, throw that year out the window. We know what they can do, even without Kyle, because Freddie is going to take that next step. They're not going to, you know, the year before, I mean, they were uh, they were fighting for the, the one seat at times. Like, they were really the, the, the bubble team. That was a really good team. Defending champs really took the Celtics to the brink. A couple missed calls away from an Eastern Conference Finals, right? And then who knows?
0: Lowry didn't foul out. I keep saying it.
1: <laughs> I'm, I was with you. That was it. So that team was really good. And last that Tampa year, that buffer, you didn't mean anything. So I'm like, okay, they're not that good. Cause obviously Kyle was a little younger and Kyle's not here anymore. I think anything less than a six seed, you're being absolutely crazy because that means you think the Knicks are better. That means you believe in whatever that Hawks run was. Because again, Iman last year was fake. again covid and short rest for the heat for the raptors for the celtics all these teams that got short rest lost
0: that's my entire thing about last season was that the league was rewarding teams by by giving them the shortest offseason. the league was rewarding teams who failed out in the bubble the knicks
1: the hawks
0: so so many like it's Whenever you have, and I know people don't like the term outlier or things like that, but whenever you have a change that's that drastic, where you have that many teams that miss the playoffs the year before, make the playoffs the year after, make the finals after missing the playoffs, like all of that, with the Hawks, the Knicks, the Sun, the Suns are obviously a really great team, great, and we're yeah, seeing that great. this year. They're, they're a really, really great team. But I mean, it's no like they also have to go up against some very injured teams while having a lot of health because. The, the the Clippers went went far at least enough in the bubble. They went to the second round, and Kawhi Leonard gets hurt. Um, and so you do have, although I, I would have picked the Suns over over the Clippers. They just had they. I mean, well, I I had the Clippers ahead of the Jazz. I just didn't think the Jazz had the perimeter defenders. But I mean, look at the look at the Suns. They had Jay Crowder. They have Bridges. They've got guys that can kind of defend the perimeter very 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 well. Um. So, uh, but I forget what I was saying. Yeah, the, the, was, the
1: rest and the, the, oh, yeah. the, the So yeah, so
0: like the Heat, the Lakers All of these teams that went far In the bubble were the really nuggets. hurt The Nuggets, the, the, the Celtics All of those teams were heavily the Injured Raptors. the following year, the Raptors As well, but like the teams that made the conference finals Which one of them was healthy, at the very least Made the conference finals, which one of them was healthy The following year, I think whenever you get something like that And you also have the shortest offseason In NBA history, it just makes sense That the two things are related and not Separate, so I'm with you on on that fake year, we're back to just real basketball, which I appreciate. And the last time we had real basketball, Danny Green was uh winning a championship. Ring.
1: <laughs> and the Raptors were damn good, and they were this year. And I think credit to Nick Nurse to they change styles a lot, and I think that hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds.
0: At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With, you know, with the addition of more movement shooters, they've added, you know, stuff. I think their playbook was a little, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say antique, but their playbook was a little stagnant. I think that they've juiced that a bit. I think they've used invert. We. T- I think we talked about this the last time I came on uh, a podcast with you where we talked about like just they. they just don't have, they don't use guard screeners enough for pascal and i think they've done a lot more of that this season so i think he's adjusted their offense looks pretty good at times you know and obviously you know they're not you know juggernauts on offense but they look they look really, really good at times, and their defense obviously is hellacious. So
0: we did discuss that. I remember, and I remember my logic for that being like, "Well, Nick Nurse is a mad scientist. He knows that that Fred screen for Pascal or that Kyle screen for Pascal is money every single time. Let's try to put Pascal in difficult situations. <laughs> Let's try to work it out <laughs> that way." That's what I thought was happening, but I don't know. Um, all right. So, um, what, what about the the Heat? What, did you have any sort of expectations about the Heat coming in?
1: I was like high end three seed probably a four seed and i guess the big thing that we were all wrong about was we thought if they were not healthy mm. like when because we were like okay they they're really thin so when, when injury hits they're just going to drop a bunch of games we saw it the year before and you know the, the the story in the heat has always been you know when jimmy's on the bench or at least it was last season you know they were they were plus 7 with him on the court net rating and they were minus 7 with him off the court so anytime jimmy was just not playing basketball they were just absolutely getting boat raced and we were like, okay, well, Kyle's going to fix some of that. Right. I don't think Kyle's going to swing that seven points, but you know, Kyle will help that some, you know, you kind of stagger some minutes, you know, you can kind of patchwork some stuff together. It's just been the opposite. They've just had production out of everybody. And that's Kyle. It's Kyle. And as we, you know, G leaguers or he fans have nicknamed Duncan Robinson, Max Bruce and Tyler hero. Tres leches. <laughs> um, so it's like Kyle and Tres leches or, you know, Kyle and white guys or Kyle and undrafted dudes. And, they have juiced so many road wins on in tough. They went into Phoenix without Jimmy and Bam and beat the beat the Suns by like twenty five. They were they got that that they got Buddy uh, the announcer for Phoenix really mad at Heat Twitter uh, personally threatening them in DMs. It was really funny that they sent that man down a spiral. Uh, yeah, it was oh really my. he's like. Yeah, no. That what's the guy's name? Uh, Johnson, Eddie Johnson. He yeah. was DMing. He was DMing Heat fans like, "Oh, c- come, come, come down and say that to my face." You know, when I go to Miami, and I was like, "Bro, what are you doing?" So,
0: oh, you know, now now Kyle I had dudes favorite.
1: in a spiral.
0: I mean, now I have my favorite finals matchup if the Raptors don't make it there. <laughs> oh,
1: I I need that so bad. But I mean, yeah, they've they've Kyle's just been everything that I think Heat fans I've always talked about, and Heat fans called me crazy because they just they kind of knew Kyle as a punchline for some of the other playoff, you know, things. And they're just like, Oh, you know, just cause cool. I got there. Uh, and I think everyone's starting to realize, no, this guy is legit a, a hall of fame point guard.
0: Yeah. And he, he's really been turning it on as of late. Um, that, that Celtics game was one that I watched for Kyle in the fourth was just doing everything. The Raptors game, of course, him and, and Fred having that sort of first half with each other was a lot of fun. I know. I know. And that, Feelings. that moment, that entire day, I love that. Um,
1: so I didn't get to watch the, the, like the announcement because we were doing a pregame show. You were on, you were on our pregame show Oh, I,
0: watched and I,
1: it. <laughs> I watched it as I, am in a room without a TV. This is the, my fair. studio. So when we I went were, to go you were, watch you were the game
0: phone calls, we remember,
1: <laughs> I know I got, what a day, um, I, um, I, <laughs> I ended up watching it. of you
0: guys, for those of you guys who don't remember, getting exposed in here. So Sandy and I um, were were doing the Beat pregame to honor Kyle Lowry. And we the, weird and <laughs> the Weird Elf Al- pregame show. It wasn't Weird Elf. It was with no Elf. <laughs> with no with Elf. No with, Weird Elf. With no Weird Elf Al- with Siobhan and uh, Tiffany of Heatbeat, um, with me and Sandy of Dishes and Dumps. And we were there talking and all we hear is G's voice in the background in the middle of a phone call. And I think it was Siobhan who was explaining something about Kyle Lowry to sit with the team. Um, and we just heard the entirety of his phone call. <laughs> he had no idea that he hadn't muted himself behind the scenes. I had an oopsie. Yeah,
1: I, 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 was, I was producer and I had an oopsie. I was getting our website running. I was on call with, with, with our web guy. But
0: maybe
1: uh, yeah, tbmiami.com. But uh, but yeah. So my, you know, I didn't get to watch the ceremony, so I ended up watching it on my phone. And I, I just started bawling. I'm like, I love him so much. Look how much they love him. He has to go back. I mean, as much as like, listen, Kyle's my after D Wade. You know, and Dwayne is a very special like figure in Miami. But after Dwayne, Kyle's my favorite basketball player ever. And for him to play here just means like a lot to me. And even I'm just like, he needs to retire there. Like it's just Kyle's a raptor. That. Kyle's a raptor for life.
0: I would love that. I mean. Yes, and I I think Raptor fans just love hearing how how much Miami Heat fans have really taken towards Kyle Lowry, and I think that's just going to turn up as the playoffs come around here (laughs) When I When
1: I was getting into the arena the other day for, uh, for I forgot what game, his face came on the screen, and some guy behind us goes, the dub truck, and everyone starts cheering. Uh, At least they love him, you know? (laughs) We can't behave in public. Miami people can't. We just can't behave. We're everything we'll you it. think we are.
0: Well, We'll take it. You know what? I'll take any 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 kind of love that he can get. Um, so now, now that we're done the love fest. We got to We got to fight a little bit. There's that there's some beef that's happening. I don't know if you've seen uh-huh. it. There's some beef that's going on with a third spot, a third team spot uh, for forwards on the All-NBA uh, team i didn't say words there there's been some beef <laughs> happening with the all nba team for that third forward spot between jimmy butler and a pascal siakam what are your takes on this all nba team and what we're gonna get into i think bam should probably win defensive player of the year i don't understand the the love for marcus smart over him you know uh that. right now <laughs> We'll we'll get into that as well but um well, we'll get into Bam, but first I want to focus on that that all NBA team because that's where Raptor fans and Heat fans have been going at it, and I'd love to know your perspective on it.
1: So I think that Pascal absolutely deserves like mention and consideration. I just think it's I think it's I think it's tough because the one seed. Jimmy's the best player on the one seed. And the numbers are pretty similar. They're not that different, right? Pascal's like a little bit ahead in points. And Jimmy and like rebounds, but Jimmy's like a better playmaker and like Jimmy's advanced stats are just like better. And that's, I mean, it's just, you know, the Jimmy's one more. So Jimmy's at 21 points, 21.4 Pascal's at 22.5. Jimmy's at, you know, 5.6 rebounds and no, I'm sorry. Uh, 5.9 rebounds, 5.6 assists. Pascal's at like 8.5 and 5.2. You know, the shooting percentages are, are the true shooting percentages are pretty similar. Jimmy takes a lot more free throws so that, you know, kind of outweighs his non three point shooting. Um, you know, Jimmy leads him in EPM and Raptor and like a lot of, and I think LeBron as well. Shout out to people index folks. So the finishing stuff is pretty, I mean, Pascal's 64% at the rim. That's really not good. Uh, Jimmy's 63% at the rim. It's also not very good. Um, you know, for mid range, 40% for Jimmy 44 for Pascal, you know, it's pretty kind of similar, right? So at that point, I think when two candidates are that close and I think defensively, I think. It's not been Jimmy's best defensive year, uh, but I still think that he's, you know, clearly the second best defensive player on one of the top five defenses in the league. Pascal, obviously, you know, not just the pedigree, but just the stuff he's asked to do by the Raptors is a lot. The the, the switching, the taking care of guards, the helping the rotations, all that stuff. And when you're just so when you have two candidates that are so close, I think the tiebreaker for me is gonna be the winning. Mm. Um, and I think Jimmy also has a little bit of cachet. Not that that's fair, but I, I don't think Jimmy's gonna get it. I don't think Pascal's gonna get it either, because I've just heard too many people not put either of them in. Okay. But I think, I think Jimmy probably deserves it, and Pascal will be my first cut.
0: Okay, that's you know what I'm gonna. I'll take some. Um, Raptor fans are gonna hate me for this. Here's the thing: I agree with you. I think winning matters. I think it wouldn't make sense to have the one seed not have anybody on an all nba team but i will say to those numbers and i was just watching pascal operate today and yes the reference hit a lot of threes Is just like he operates in no space i'm like how he even gets to like how he even finishes when there's just like he he operates out of like this much room no matter what he does inside versus jimmy you know bam isn't there it's one of the spaciest
1: Um, i would disagree with that a little bit really pj yeah because what what's kind of happened is since about january pj's shooting has not been great Mm. and teams are just like ignoring Ignoring him him. And, and it's similar to what they had with iguodala and ariza where that he doesn't miami has movement shooters and pj pj is not duncan or tyler or max where they're moving and they're relocating. They're screening. They're slipping. They're always in motion. PJs, they've incorporated him kind of hammer screening, but there's only so much you can do with a guy like that. He'll screen and slip and he'll like hit a floater or whatever. But at the end of the day, like he's just going to be parked in a corner for long stretches of the game. And if guys are helping off of him, and if they're already playing Jimmy and Bam, and those three play a lot of minutes together,
0: yeah.
1: there's three, there's two non-shooters and one that you're not scared of. And Kyle has shot super well all season. And Duncan has been up and down, so their offenses has they've walked a very fine line. Deadman shoots, but not really. Markieff kind of not a good shooter, so they they have a lot of lineups where they have a little bit of cramped spacing. They do lead the league in three point shooting, which I think is very funny, but it's not. Those numbers are a little deceiving. I will say he does play more space than Pascal. I will say that, but. And okay. that was kind of the reason for Stru starting over Duncan recently was Jimmy and Wes Goldberg of Locked on Heat wrote about this recently. You know, they've just PJ's minutes, but Jimmy have been cut by 10 since mm. the change of the starting lineup. And that was part of the blow up, you know, between he and Spoke, apparently not reporting anything, but just kind of, you know, putting following tea leaves. Right. Just like kind of the rotational stuff and all that. So
0: I did hear Bam kind of talk about that on the latest low post. Um kind of about how they were losing, which I guess kind of points to, to what you were saying. Uh, and the other thing that I'm going to say, the other thing that I'm going to say, besides the, the more space that he has to operate with, and yes, we talked about some of those finishing numbers, which aren't great for either of them, but Pascal gets hacked on probably every single one and does not get a single free throw.
1: Not a grifter.
0: He's, he's not only is he not a grifter, he could legitimately get hacked and still not go to the line versus Jimmy Butler, who, um, you know, gets a a fairly friendly whistle. I'm just bringing you the what Raptor fans would kill me for not saying. I am of the mind that if you are on the one seed if and you don't have any representation there, I think that's fairly ludicrous. But I do think that Pascal Siakam also not having any representation for like any award for like, he's not an all-star, he's not an all-NBA player, but this season that he's had needs to be recognized. I think it being ignored would be a gross oversight considering how just absolutely brilliant and phenomenal he's been on both sides of the ball for the Toronto Raptors who are in five seed in their own right they're a winning team there as well um maybe we just kick LeBron James off the, the ballot
1: honestly I don't even know what we're doing with LeBron at this point on these ballots I I don't I don't get it I don't understand why we got to do it we wouldn't think of Bradley Beal this way I mean like Bradley Beal's like do we put up their team? I don't know. You know what I mean. Like, there's been it's tons like, of dudes. If you
0: don't, if you don't have another guard, and you're just like, oh, we gotta get somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's throw him on there.
1: I don't really, I don't really see. I mean, I, I guess like he averages that many points in his name. It was LeBron, but like, if you, I don't know, if De'Aaron Fox did that and they were the the 11th seed, would we care?
0: Don't think so. Okay, so we're, we're in agreement. We're getting LeBron James off the ballot.
1: Let's kick him out. Yeah, let's kick All Devin right. off too.
0: With it, Um, all right. So, and 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 I want you to state your case for Bam at a bio as the DPOI before we close off for tonight.
1: You know what's funny? It wasn't until like pretty recently that he was my 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 DPOI because I was like, I don't really know, guys, because Bam was not good for like the first couple months of the season. Like, not that he wasn't good, but he wasn't like, wow, this guy is amazing. When he came back from the... So he hurt his hand against the Nuggets. A lot of bad things happen when he played the Nuggets. And uh, he was out for a long time, in which I think I declared uh, DEFCON 1 seasons over. uh, And now we're the one seed, so it's okay. But, you know, since coming back,
0: how he, dare you underestimate the brilliance of Kyle Lowry.
1: I know I I was because then Jimmy was also hurt. And I was like, it's just Kyle and Bozos. And that they legit, were
0: my favorite. I was just like, okay, I know the Raptors game happening right now, but the Heat are so much fun. Like, how do I turn this off?
1: Great. They were also about to go through like the harder part of their schedule. They had like a road trip at Golden State, at LA Clippers, at LA Lakers, when we still thought the Lakers were good, at Phoenix, at Utah. And I'm like, this is all, this is done, dude. This fun. is fun. A- for Jesus Christ, but bam, when he's on the court, Miami have the best defense in the league. And when he's off the court, I think it's like an eight point swing or something like that. He leads the league in switch. Like he has, he has switched the most ball screens in the league. He has to cover up for really a lot of bad defenders uh, that he plays with in Miami, whether that's max, whether that's Tyler, whether that's Duncan and stuff like that. Um, you know, Cooper Moorhead, shout out to Coop. One of really, I think he and Nikias um, are the two best people covering Miami, even though Nikias doesn't really cover Miami. He's like Miami adjacent, but... Nikias,
0: um, uh, Raptor fan.
1: Nikias, I don't know. Nikias, Nikias, Nikias said Raptor the Knicks show. would be better than the Raptors this year. And I have not forgotten that. And I have receipts and I'm waiting for the end of the season to pull them. But I, Uh-oh. you know, and I was told on a Twitter space is that the Nick offense would be better than the Raptor offense. And that I believed too much in Fred Van Vliet's finishing. Um, <laughs> so take that, take that as you may, but Coop has been really, um, just really propagating the idea of Bam, just tweeting out all stats you know, at Coop NBA, but you know, the, the amount of stuff that Bam has to switch legitimately guards one through five, um, switches the most ball screens in the league. And that's with Bam only playing like 68 games, right? So he's missed 20 games and he's still by far switch the most ball screens um, is one of the best isolation defenders in the league, Um, you know, protects the rim. Miami allows, I think the second or fewest attempts at the rim in the league. And that is almost entirely a product of bam switching because they have no shot blocking and they all depend on bam's perimeter defense and his help and all that. So in a year where Giannis and Gobert Haven't, I don't think have earned it. Their defenses aren't good. And they're both their teams have really struggled defensively at times. I think with Draymond missing the amount of time that he did. And I think that fans just, I don't I don't really get the Marcus smart thing I don't I think just the media loves Boston or like really it's like they're, they're trying to make so fetch a thing
0: tired they, they really are trying to make fetch a thing because here, here's the thing as, as Raptor fans something we're stuck on and, and let me be completely honest and transparent with you because I know Raptor fans are listening to this like why do I care why BAM is DPOY I'm stealing the talking points because we're running with this narrative next year for OG Ananobi because OG Ananobi let's keep it real with ourselves he needs to win
1: he's, one he's
0: going I, th- I think he's Going to win one, he needs to win one. But one of the biggest knocks on his game is his inability to stay healthy. So I think if we can just steal talking points from the Miami Heat fans on why Bam should win it with 68 games played, I think we have things in our arsenal for next season. So I'm thinking a step ahead, you guys. I'm mining for content here. So we have our talking points ready for next season when we're pushing the OG Ananobi DPOY agenda.
1: Here's the propagation you need to do. You mm. look at the on off stats mm. and like if they if they suit your narrative, you make that like your whole point. If they don't, you don't even touch it. And if, if someone know. brings it up, you blame Scotty or or Gary or somebody else. And you say, Well, look, look how many minutes OG plays with X small defender or bad defender. How what is he supposed to do if they hunt him? That's not OG's fault. So that's that's the pivot. Right. And then, you, oh. you know, you kind of build it out from there.
0: Listen, as someone who has been a Kyle Lowry defender, I have mastered the art of using on and off numbers for my benefit.
1: But sometimes when <laughs> so I think at one point this year, the on and off numbers didn't really suit my Kyle narrative. I was like, damn, how am I how am I how am I going to spin this? I blame it- Duncan. (laughs)
0: there we go there we go there we go it's always great to blame Duncan um but no so so that's so that's one thing but but as i was gonna say part of my 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 Annoyance at this Marcus Smart DPOY conversation is a few years ago, the Toronto Raptors, we talked about that bubble team. They were vying for that one seed. They finished with the two seed, second best record in the league, um, and had the second best defense behind the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, their defense, their defensive rating that year, better than the Celtics' defensive rating this year. And I know people talk about the Celtics starting off slow. Well, it's still better than the Celtics' defensive rating post January 1st when the Celtics turned it on. Still a better defensive rating. And what was said on a particular podcast was, well, the Rafters are too good defensively. We can't really reward one guy because, like, who's Who going to make that? it? Um, his name may rhyme with Rackery Row. Um So saying? said on a podcast was the Raptors have too many good defenders. We cannot reward just one. So they kind of like they kind of beat themselves here. You know what I mean? Get get big one was what was said. Yet the Celtics defense, like I mentioned, a worse defensive rating even post January 1st, which people have been kind of talking about as their their turnaround for their season, um still worse defensive rating than that Raptors team. They have I've seen ballots that have four or five Celtics in the top
1: That's fake. You six. guys got got okay. that, you that you graphic. <laughs> I was I felt bad because I saw Raptors Twitter running with oh. that, and I. So part of me is like, I want yes, the hate. Yes, got me. I, no, that was that was a Celtic fan. That was that was in ball oh, okay. That well, was a Well, I yeah. will
0: say, still, I, I, you know what? That makes sense because, like, when when I think about who people have as their top three defenders, like, <laughs> they're not three Celtics. <laughs>
1: that but. was funny, but I want I like the I like the hate.
0: <laughs> but but at the same time, it's still wild to me that Marcus Smart is getting talked about as a defensive player of the year because the Celtics defense has just been better than any defense that we've seen. It hasn't been. It's great. It's a legitimately really great defense. I'm terrified as a Raptor fan to face the Celtics in a playoff scenario. I think the Celtics are one of the teams that scare me the most because they're one of the teams that can guard the Raptors face up. They, can, they don't have to double to guard the Raptors and That's just really the Robert Williams injury. And you know what potential COVID, you know, anti-vax people could really change that series quite a bit. But um, as like, you know, if we're talking about a healthy team, if we're talking about potentially a second round matchup there, they're one that does scare me for that particular reason, but it's wild. It is wild to me that they're going to have people in the defensive player of the year conversation when the Raptors could not get Marcus or OG Ananobi or anyone on an all defensive team.
1: It's because, and the Raptors, I think similar to kind of Miami this year, you know, that that Raptor team was like, they didn't have any like grade A superstar on either side of the ball. It's not like they had, you know, a Kawhi or like a Draymond or something, right? So, you know, they look at them and they're like, I don't really know, kind of like the the that podcaster will not be named. It's like, they don't even know who to credit because you'd have to watch them a lot a lot of people don't watch them i mean
0: but he does it was so wild to me because he's one of the few people who you know an honorary raptor fan such as yourself well no i'm not going to do that to you i'm not going to disrespect you in that way (laughs) (laughs) but but uh it it was so wild to me especially because i mean even if you're going to look at yeah if you're going to bring up the points about it like a um a leonard leaving when your team wins a championship because of this elite defense and you lose Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, two premier perimeter defenders, and Danny Green, this is Danny Green three years ago. This is not even the Danny Green of today. The best
1: transition defender of all time.
0: <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> if you're, if you're losing, um. I was going to make a joke about him losing the ball and him needing to be. Never mind. We're not going to get there. Um, (laughs) My brain went there. I don't know why, Danny. I apologize. I'm sorry for it. But um, when you're losing that and your defense gets better and you're not rewarding that team for their defense getting better after losing Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. I don't know what we're doing here, so that's my whole take on why the Celtics do not deserve to have a DPOI. Um, is because you cannot you cannot erase what that twenty twenty team did, and then reward this team for that.
1: Amen. I one hundred percent agree, and let's stop Celtic propaganda. We need to we need to stop it. Just hey. just stop, I'm sick and tired of it. It's been amount it's been this way for years. no and and I know that it goes around a lot, but like nobody has milked a championship more than two thousand and eight Celtics, and it's partly because it's Boston, and everyone just lets them get away with it. I was this like, what true. are we doing
0: this is this is very, very, very true.
1: Americans have this weird love fest with Boston. It's not even that good a city. it's like <laughs> it's not, so it's like but Americans like really like Boston I, was, I don't know why it's like kind of weird. <laughs>
0: So, okay, so I want to I want to close off with like any any predictions for the Raptors, the Heat in the playoffs. I want to get them from you. I want them here now. You heard it here first. What G thinks is going to happen, assuming that the Raptors play the Sixers in the first round and the Heat play. I mean, it does kind of feel like the Heat are probably going to play the Hawks or the Nets, does it not?
1: I want Charlotte so bad, Iman. I, really I, I hope Charlotte. it happens.
0: I, you know what? Let LaMelo go go off in, in a play in game. And Miami will score
1: well a gajillion points. They set like a franchise record on Wednesday. Was it yeah, Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever they played their Hornets this week. Uh, that team Could stinks happen. defensively. That's one of the few teams that like I've seen like Miami's like not talented enough to like sleepwalk and then win a game. They'll like literally sleepwalk through three quarters of a Charlotte game and then be like, oh, we should probably start playing. And then they play and they win. And it's really funny.
0: I, I hope it happens for you guys. I do, but I I, I can't. I need
1: a stress. I need a stress free first round.
0: Ooh. Well, not, right I now. mean, for the Raptors,
1: I mean, if you want a prediction, I I just think the Raptors are straight up going to be Philadelphia in five or six games. I I, I don't even think I, I that team that team has looked dead for a long time, and there is no more Ben Simmons to for cover anymore. There's no more shield of Ben Simmons, and I think that I think everybody has a little bit of a love fest with Embiid but that guy as as a series goes out he gets worse and he's bad in fourth quarters and we saw that in the raptor series we saw that against the hawks i mean a- a- again like clint is tilting you dude really like clint is like really tilting you that you're doing the push and then opening your arms like what what most front running dude in the history of basketball i don't li- I, I don't i don't like his game very much but I do think that he has a lot of wards that, you know, he has not really worked on. I know that the turnovers have gotten better, but I think we see like tonight he has not gotten better as a passer. He just doesn't have Ben Simmons eating space anymore. And I think when a guy like Nick nurse, who I think is the second best coach in the NBA right now, um, you know, great pop and I'm not counting pop. When pop has a good team is different, but like, especially in the East, um, they're going to make Joel's life a living hell. And like I said earlier, the Raptors are, have the wings and the guns to just make that dude hell. And I don't even know what the hell is going on with James Harden. I don't even recognize and that dude James, anymore.
0: James Harden is, is a shell of his butt. Like I just said, I've, I don't think I've seen James Harden look this bad since he wanted out of Houston. And then people were like, oh, well, what about the time that he wanted out of Brooklyn? Which is exactly how he's playing. I think him losing, him, like he really cannot get past anybody. And like that's going to be a real problem when he looks as old as he does right now. Like you can't lose a step when you're James Harden, and like the grifting is just not going to be there come playoff time. I will say one of one of the reasons why the, the Sixers always sort of failed to me in in the fourth was they didn't have a point guard. They didn't have a guy who can get Joel and beat the ball, and it felt like. Yes, Joel gets tired as the game goes on, but they just didn't have anyone who could feed Joel Um, they Joel
1: never made it easy to get on the ball because he didn't like to pick and roll and he wants to post up and he Posting up is one of the easiest things to defend because you need to like, it takes time. You know what I mean? It's not like...
0: People would like, it was just like, giving him the ball in the post seemed like a difficult task for them as well. And you could send
1: help so easy because you got to throw that little high pass and then like, he has to catch the ball and then he got to like, they got to like get comfortable. Everybody like leans back and like, they kind of stretch and like, okay, I'm ready to go. And by that time you have like three Raptors around you and they're like smacking the ball at your hand.
0: One of my favorite plays ever of the Sixer series was when Joel Embiid couldn't post up Kyle Lowry in the final minutes of game seven. Incredible.
1: Um, also beautiful. embarrassing by a guy who's like the size of like a, an a ancient beast. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a Titan from like, you know, like it's just enormous.
0: Uh, it, it was, it was beautiful, but, um and, and so I'm going to be completely honest I was totally fooled by the Sixers team when they played the Knicks and it did not occur to me afterwards that oh wait they just played the Knicks I'm fooled because the Knicks are fooling me because I did believe in the Sixers team I was just like okay well he has spacing now he's never ha- he's never played with a shooter as good as James Harden oh he has someone who can get him the ball he's never played with a point guard as great as James Harden James Harden can also like do I just I didn't realize James Harden would look as old as he did. But you know what? If that's the case, bring on the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm right there with you. I'm predicting a five or six. We're probably gonna talk a little bit more about the playoff matchups next year, next year, next week. But um, I'm really excited for this potential playoff matchup between the Raptors and the Sixers. And I really hope for your sake it is the Charlotte Hornets. But I think the Heat should be able to walk past anybody. I think um, so. Too. I like maybe Kevin Durant is good enough to win at most. Like there might be one game where they just get absolutely hot. And then another game where Kevin Durant just like happens to pull it out in the final seconds at most. But I think you guys should beat everybody in five.
1: I don't even think a six game series with the Nets is the worst thing in the world because. Kind of gets you ready, and you know maybe if they play Charlotte, you know I, I don't know how much I buy into this, but okay, you finish in four, you you get up early. The series wasn't a competition. You're not, you don't have the edge of a playoff series, and then you kind of get buzzsawed in the first game. And I've seen Miami teams do that. The big three Heat constantly would sleepwalk in a first round series, and then they'd lose to the Bulls game one, and then Heat in five. But so it's not, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But I, I'm just I'm not concerned. That round two matchup is is really interesting. I, 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 that's going to be a bloodbath. And it was the one I didn't want. I didn't want the Raptors. I wanted Chicago. I wanted Charlotte, Chicago, Milwaukee. I wanted all teams that drop or small teams. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess Chicago does drop because they have boots, but
0: I was going to say, so this, that, that brings us to the second round. where it's probably going to be the heat versus the Raptors. If things frick right for both of our teams. And you know what? I'm going to save you from making a prediction. We'll bring you back on in the playoffs to do that. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Friday Views.